referred me to a different group, which is Xbox, and they actually flew me back again. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I um and I got that job. So um then I gotta face the decision, and it's a full time position, wow. right? So do I just quit at this point and go to Seattle, or do I continue to do PhD? Um and then the time I just feel like I I want to get out of Indiana. Um I I can <laughs> Microsoft seems to be a, a good place to start my work, and so I um yeah I quit. PhD, I got my master's degree, and I moved to Seattle. Wow. So Indiana and Seattle. So those are the two places that you've actually lived in the U.S.? Or, yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm, do you prefer Seattle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've actually never been to Seattle, but I imagine it to be a pretty cool place. I've definitely never been to Indiana. I'm from California. So like when we think about other states, we're like, they're over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, seriously, even though I like, you know, kind of educated and stuff, but, uh, it's always like well, Indiana. It's a, I, I think I could find it on a map. Maybe. Um, sorry, Indiana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you've been to San Francisco before. This is not your first rodeo in San Francisco. Uh, no, a lot. I've been here a lot. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities. Um, and uh, I love it so much that I almost, almost moved here. But, uh, well, actually, s- just to say how serious I was, I got a job. That's why my cell phone is a 650. Simultaneo, oh, Erico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually moved out of my, um, my place. I got all packed up ready. I got a job offer. They gave me a relocation fee. And uh, so I started looking for an apartment. But it was so hard to look for a place in San Francisco. Before I find a place, the company went bankrupt. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I... (laughs) Great timing, huh? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and also because the job I was doing, um, that required me to travel a lot. So I wasn't able to just like spend two weeks in San Francisco, look for apartment. I was never really here. Mm -hmm. And I learned the hard way that if you go to Craigslist, you say, hey, I'm interested in your apartment. Nobody replies. Right? They don't mm. give a. <laughs> can I swear on the. Radio? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they do this open house thing with like 20 people lined up with applications, and I wasn't able to do that. So um, it, I just never found an apartment. Um, and then there's other reasons, like um, for a Chinese uh, citizen. Um, if you want to go to any other country, you need a tourist visa. And uh, if I live in Seattle, we don't have consulate. So um, the nearest place is San Francisco. So I come to San Francisco a lot of times is because I need to apply for a tourist visa. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also I dance Argentine tango. And um, um, this is uh, San Francisco is one of the city, like the best place to dance Argentine tango. There's a lot of great dancers here. And there are-
when you're fighting fascism, there'll be no half-stepping. Do we want to find or do we want to win? Do we want to find or do we want to win? Moral, emotional, global pollution. You already know the real solution. But liberals, all liberals, are scared of revolution. Don't let the greedy take over. Don't let sexism recover. Don't let racism take cover. Love, love, love all your sisters and brothers. Troublemakers Union. What's up, everybody? Happy Saturday night. It's November 9th, 
2019. We got a lot of energy in the house tonight. Everybody say, hey, what's up? <laughs> we got friends, we got kids, young and old. We've got the spectrum here. This is the Common Thread Collective. What do you know? It's a Saturday night. This is Global Val. I'm sitting here with Diamond Dave. Hey, Diamond Dave. Hey, because we got the spectrum all right. We have a kid at uh, five. And myself just about to turn in a day or two, 82. Cool. Still doing radio. Still up for it. Down for it and around for it. And I go for it tonight with a bunch of people as they're coming in. Uh, well, what's coming in? Will I, will this be. Um, this this be. Uh, this is right there. This be. Um, this be brain. Hello, San Francisco and the she's greater back, beyond. She's back on Radio Mutiny. Remember when she took a uh, good part in Radio Mutiny? Um, well, back in the day, she was going to the studio when Rain was part of Radio Mutiny. Absolutely. Yeah, I know you and Rain connected at a, a rainbow gathering at a, rainbow uh, a few gathering. years back. And then um, Rain spent some time here in the city and was here on the Can show. And now Erevan's here. Welcome to you. welcome back to San Francisco and welcome to San Francisco, little guy. Well, I have to laugh. That is the spirit of Mutiny Radio right there. That's that's the pirate cry. <laughs> but yeah, we're here and um, here at Mutiny Radio, right here in the Mission District, live. I know you listen to podcasts and you hear that on the podcast, but we actually are live right now. If you happen to be listening on mutinyradio.fm, streaming around the planet on the internet, celebrating part one of Diamond Dave's 82nd birthday tonight. So if you're in the neighborhood, you want to come on down, uh, we're going to have open mic. We'll be doing the show until 10 o'clock. We've got a few guests who are going to be coming in and calling in and, and a few folks who are already here, but we'd love to see you come down. Um, but Diamond Dave's actual birthday will be Tuesday, um, the November 12th from 5 November to 7 p.m. over at Adobe Books. At Adobe Books. Adobe Books is on 24th Street. A great place to have a B&A party. Now, in fact, it is a, book, it is a bookstore. Because if it gets a little boring, you can find a favorite book or a book that looks interesting and pull it out of the shelf and read it. You can, and uh, if you want to take something with you, you can buy it and support Adobe Books, which has the kind of books we're certainly interested in, the kind of books you'd be interested in, not because of a class, not because you think you should read this, but because they're interesting, intelligent, and fun. Isn't that what, this is what good reading is about, uh, Lee? Uh, isn't it, uh, right? Oh, yes. Borderless, boundless, not bindless. And definitely not brainless, bringing us all together. I am so grateful that you're continuing the Adobe Bookstore birthday that we started six years ago. Wow, six years has been. And of course, we're continuing radio on Mutiny Radio, where we're speaking out from here in San Francisco to the to the vast listening audience who can't get to San Francisco, but wonders what's happening here. And uh, let's talk about a bit of what's happening here. One, we just talk about my B-Day. Otherwise, it's not happening in a big way. We're waiting for the enthusiasm, 
then fusion. There's going to be a big march. Did you know that now? We'll have to cover it. What's the march about? When is but, it? This march is about Trump and about all that's going on. And whatever whatever brings you to the cause, come and let's join up. Like a rope maker made of many strands. Do you know when it's going to happen? I do. I think it's, a, it's a, the day after Thanksgiving. It's called Black Friday. Oh, good. Because I, 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 I think it's a terrible um, tradition that people go shopping the day after Thanksgiving and like push and shove each other. It's a horrible <laughs> display of, of humanity and capitalism <laughs> just to get a deal, man. Um, so that, that's a fitting day. You know, in the past, they've, been, they've had some um, protests uh, among the homeless community down at Union Square on Black Friday where they've had, and they've made it kind of like fun sometimes. They'll they'll have a, a, a cardboard sign contest, but they're all sit around like Union Square, the big shopping district of downtown San Francisco. And like, hey, you know, like just display the fact that there's such a, um, you know, wealth disparity uh, in this city and in this country. And it's, mm-hmm. the gap has been growing even wider, ever wider, um, and exponentially over the past few years, we've seen a huge jump in homelessness here in San Francisco. Um, I was watching Democracy Now! last week, and they had come to San Francisco to do a show about homelessness. And they interviewed Jennifer Friedenbach of the, um, of the uh, Coalition on Homelessness. They interviewed the director of Hospitality House um, and a lot of local um, activists and leaders in, in, in the movement to try to uh, address this problem. And then they interviewed some people who are homeless. And there's a guy that they interviewed, and his name is Moon. And I... I, I used to know him like I hung out with him when I was probably I don't know like an older teenager early 20s um, like I knew this guy he's probably about my age he was born and raised in San Francisco and he is literally living under the freeway and you know he was clear-eyed and and like totally with it and just basically like situation got bad a couple years ago banded together, um, you know, with community and this is who his community is now. And I, I was just, it, it really just hit home really hard to think that somebody that I know, someone my age, someone from here is in the situation and doesn't want to be, you know, said, so, you know, he's hoping to get out of this situation. But if you look around in San Francisco, apartments, you know, places to live, studio apartments, it's like $3,000 a month, you know, just for Ooh. rent at the minimum. I mean, people are paying upwards of $6,000, $8,000 a month to live in San Francisco. And, 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 you know, I think about the fact that, okay, so you're out working all day to pay these exorbitant rents. How much do you actually get to enjoy being in that home? You know, it's, it's such a struggle. And then can you afford to feed yourself? Coming from Montana, that's, I mean, I can't imagine. I simply can't imagine paying that much money to live. We've got our, our friends calling in. We're going to bring them live in just a minute here. But... Um, you were saying, uh, what's the situation up there in Missoula like? Uh, we're watching our own like 
rise in rents, but we have a flow that happens and we, but we have been seeing like a rise in homelessness as well, though in the North where, you know, you can't survive the winter homeless, um, we, we see a lot of transience, transiency happening and, um, people leaving for warmer climates. California. California. Communing. One thing it brings to my mind, though, is um, the tragedy of our own generation and not um, bringing people together to really make change. Like, we march and we share our dissent, but like a hundred years ago during the labor movement, it was the hobos and and the poor and the homeless that were traveling from city to city to fill the to fill the jails and to to raise their voices together and to put themselves in those places where they could really become a bind in the machine that they were trying to confront. The industrial workers of the world and riding the freight trains. And then there'd be red card, two red freight trains. They'd say, where's your red card? Well, it's time, I believe it's time. And we have all these communications device to talk to one another. And let's see what we can put together for Black Friday. The marches, Chile, Chile, Egypt, Ecuador. People are on the street. Brazil. Brazil. Brazil's... Pr- uh- former president or uh, and presidential candidate um was released from prison he had been sentenced to 12 years in prison for corruption charges but it was happened during the election last year and so the right-wing bolsonaro won because this other guy (laughs) this other guy (laughs) this other guy i can't think of his name right now it's totally slipped my mind uh Oh, shoot. Um, anyhow, he was the president of Brazil for from like 2003 to 2010, when Brazil was actually experiencing quite an economic like resurgence and things were going well. And then uh, then he wasn't president for a while. And then he was running again against Bolsonaro, who is a ho- terrible fright on, of the right. Um, right on the right. And, but now uh, he got out. Of, he got out of prison. So it's a, it's a, things are changing rather quickly. And people um, are so happy to see him get a walk out of those prison doors. Uh, walk out those prison doors. I this believe guy. the times, what's the only song maybe we can find it? The times they are changing. And so these marches, these people getting together, fighting one another, is heading right, right towards San Francisco. And here we be. And of course, once in San Francisco, we can bring it out to the rest of the, the nation, the rest of the world, and the struggle continues. Trump. Better pack your bags. <laughs> Go from the White House to the jailhouse. But anyway, I think Lula, that, that's what it is. Um, anyhow, we we actually uh, there's speaking of change and transformational change. I think we should go to the phone lines here because our friends are on the line right now. Um, uh, Evan Hirsch and Kip Baldwin, and they have called in. They're part of the. They started the Summer of Unconditional Love. Well, I'm for that. I know you are, Dave. And they've been here several times on on Mutiny Radio. And they've just made this documentary that's premiering and they've called in to tell us all about it so hey guys welcome back to the common thread collective so i don't know happy birthday dave 
have all these years, 81 years behind me, and still be talking, still be able to put one foot in front of another, pretty amazing to a degree. But tell us about your documentary, Unconditional Love. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Diamond. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way. That's the first happy birthday I got. Hello, lovely people. Val, Dave, thank you so much for welcoming us once again to Common Thread Collective Radio Show over there at Mutiny Radio. We are just super excited uh, to be with you tonight um, after a, a wonderful, wonderful launch party at Soul Mountain Home uh, all day today. All day. <laughs> and uh, we're really excited as well for our VIP preview screening, which is going to be held at Lucasfilm in the Presidio tomorrow in the Premier Theater, uh, where we're going to have a full house of about 300 to see yeah. our new documentary, which is going to be launched on Monday, 11-11, at 11-11 Eastern Standard Time. And um, the a world worth imagining, Jock Fresco, the man with the plan. So in March of 2017, uh, we felt a calling to bring the team out to Venus, Florida, which is right in the middle of the state of Florida, about a couple hours south of Orlando, and uh, conduct an interview with Jock Fresco. At the time, he was 101 years old. He had been suffering from Parkinson's disease for a couple of decades, like a decade already, and a couple decades, I think. And um, so he, he was literally on his last legs. He actually died two months after we interviewed him. It ended up being the last interview of his life. He hadn't been interviewed for a few years before that because he was just so declined from his, his vital and passionate self. And so we were able to get a really, really sweet interview with him, really intimate. And he was just able to eke out, you know, some, some thoughtful answers to my questions. And through the help of uh, Joel Holt, one of the volunteer residents at the Venus Project, who is a, a really wonderful editor, we were able to put together a beautiful, emotional, heartfelt, moving documentary, um, including that last interview and including all kinds of beautiful footage that was in the archives at the Venus Project, be it um, animations and renderings uh, and archival footage, newsreel footage, all kind movie um, footage from documentaries that had already been made about Jock and Roxanne and the Venus Project. And we interviewed both Jock Fresco and Roxanne Meadows, the, the two founders of the Venus Project. And it, we were able to just put together a beautiful documentary. It's called A World Worth Imagining. This weekend's events are called A Weekend Worth, Worth Imagining. Imagining. And the theme song to the movie, we did the soundtrack ourselves. The theme song is called A Day Worth Imagining. And, and just to highlight what Evan was talking about, is this really just, shows Jock's entire life sort of in media, from interviews he did on Larry King 1974, 40 years ago, to be on RTTV, New Zealand, and on and on and on, to this final interview he does where, as Evan describes, he was really having a hard time talking because of Parkinson's. It so affected his vocal cords. But here's this... Imagine sitting at Leonardo da Vinci's deathbed, and you're getting to hear his, he's designed a better way for humanity, and he's sharing it with you. He's been sharing it his whole life. Nobody paid attention. He still shared it with you till his dying breath. That was the most important thing. 
That's what this film is about. That so, film is showing uh, how Jacques Fresco gave 101 years of his life to designing a better way for humanity to be in. Even unto his dying breath, he never stopped sharing that same message. And can you give us a synopsis of that message? Oh, boy. So the synopsis is really about recognizing that we are one human family and that there's a much, much, much better way to take care of ourselves, each other, and one another, and the planet that we live on. It's precious blue ball hurling through space at 70,000 miles per hour. And we've gotten caught up in crazy, crazy systems, hierarchies that don't serve us at all, that just funnel power, money, and resources, and all the advantage to such a privileged elite few. And the rest of our human family are just left to suffer without. And it's a system that is so manipulated in so many ways that he, he really looked to more effective, efficient, more humane, and more sustainable ways to utilize science and technology as the basis for how we live and how we operate our world, rather than politics and economics. Because politics and economics lead to inequality, they lead to war, they lead to so much manipulation and misinformation. Whereas, if we come from the standpoint of letting science and technology and reason and sense and logic and truth guide us, we, we will recognize we're one human family and, and take care of ourselves and one another as such. And really, if we were to break it down in, into its, its basic essence, it's a, it's a new system away from capitalism. Um, it, it's founded not in fear, but in love, or as Jock likes to describe it, more extensionality, where we are all taking care of one another, collaborating with another, one another rather than competing with one another. And it's coming from the, uh, uh, the, the actual system itself is called a resource-based economy, where you would catalog the entire inventory of the world's entire resources and then share them with equanimity where they're needed. Really all he's doing is applying the laws of nature and common sense to humanity, saying, okay, how does the body work? As he describes in our film, you know, the brain can't say, I'm taking all the nutrients for myself and deprive the heart of the nutrients, your liver, your kidneys, whatever, your toes for that matter. Everything is shared with equanimity, otherwise it doesn't work. We have deprived not only the human collective of the nutrients it needs to survive, as it's all been funneled to this one tiny cancerous organ mm -hmm. that, that has become the capitalist elite. Mm -hmm. But, <clears throat> sorry, um, anyway, so it, it comes down to this. It's based on natural law. It's based on sharing the resources with equanimity where they're needed so that we can have a functioning human civilization on a functioning planet. And the basis of it, this resource-based economy, we declare all of the Earth's resources the common heritage of all people, and we eliminate all money, forms of currency, barter, trade, and we eliminate all borders and nations, and we use our brains and think sensibly and come from that foundation of, again, acknowledging we're one human family and taking smarter, better care of us. Why don't we take such good care of ourselves? Well, we've been conned, we've been programmed, we've been manipulated by manipulative marketing tactics to sell products to us, not things that are actually good for us. And you have science debating science about what's healthy well, <laughs> and, 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 and what's good for the planet. And, and that's beyond, incredibly insane. Yeah, and, and, and beyond that, the craziness that like you mentioned, a world without borders, automatically people freak out, oh my God, globalization, a one world order, they're gonna take away all our rights and we're not gonna be freedom. You're not free now. You're not having your right, your best life as an individual now. 
because the way the system is set up with the borders, as soon as you put up a border, it's a fence. It's saying what's in here is mine. There's not enough for you out there. And then they programmed us to the idea that if we take away these borders, somehow you're going to lose your culture, your individuality, your religion, whatever and you... And your resources, your you, food. Yeah, exactly, that you find most precious. That's not the case at all. And I got news for everybody in your audience. Globalization's already happened for the corporations. Mm -hmm. They understand that it's the best way to work. They don't want us to unite in the same way because they understand how that would shift the entire power base. But that's exactly what it would mean for us. If we come together, share not only our resources equally, but our cultures and learn from each other and grow, it doesn't mean taking away from your individuality or culture or whatever you find most precious and most makes you you, it means expanding on that and making an even better version of yourself than you are today. Well, oddly enough, that's the message we put out here on Mutiny Radio. And what I say is take down the walls, open the doors, get rid yeah. of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives, I believe in that, but borders just to lie on their map. This is the common thread collective, brother. Well, good. Well, I'm yep, glad yep. you're aboard. That's why we love you. And uh, I'm glad you're aboard. We're all aboard. We, the more we can do it, the more we find one another, which is the key. Find one another, which, of course, is the key. And, of course, my words, which might be my deathbed words, I don't know what I say them now, is learn to love. Learn to love. Love to learn. Love to learn. This never ends. This never, never ends. ends. So I think, no. uh, though I never met your guy who passed at 102, I think we're in the same boat. So we want to get that, 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 show, that film out. We want to get the words out. We want to find ways in which maybe we could put whatever we can to use here on the Common Thread Collective and to find one another. So I'm so glad you called. Now let's tell us again. Tell us all again, when are these events? Okay, so the, we're launching our film, A World Worth Imagining, Jock Fresco, The Man with the Plan, on Monday in two days. That's November 11th, 11-11, and it's being launched officially at 11-11 a.m. Venus, Florida time. That's Eastern Standard Time. So it'll be 8-11 in the morning in the Bay Area on Monday, and we, we really want to request plead with you to watch the movie on Monday between 11, uh, sorry, 8, 11 in the morning and 8, 11 in the evening so we can help this thing go viral. What the Venus Project needs is our support, our, our encouragement, our promotion. Um, it needs our help, our volunteerism, and it also needs a lot of financing. In conjunction with the release of the film, I am offering a $50,000 matching grant campaign that is in effect uh, through December 15th so we can raise hundred grand for the Venus Project. They need a whole lot more than that, but it's a start. It's something we can do right now, and I'm matching everything that you give in this time period in conjunction with the film. So we ask people to watch the film on Monday, share it on their social media, email it to their family and friends. Think of people you know who get how bad and how messed up and how impossible and hopeless things really seem, and that they care and that they want better. Your listeners to the Common Thread Collective get that the way through is to unite. This is about unification of our human family, not control by some elite, but the unification of us all, like a true version of we, the From collective the we, up. the people. From the bottom up, here we be, and so I see. So anyway, you say watch it, so you can watch it on your home, device at home, on your phone or something? How do you... You watch it on soul Love. That's our website. 
and uh, it'll be Skull. available there. It's a three three dollar soul documentary dot love. It's a three dollar rental for the film, and a portion of the proceeds go to the Venus Project. Again, we're also doing this fundraiser for the Venus Project, and we really encourage you to be inspired, get educated about the Venus Project and what their aims and proposals are, and get involved. Help make this happen. This is our chance to be the change, be the change. and create our future. And I read a bumper sticker one time that said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And this is the best opportunity I see. As a philanthropist who has supported many causes for many years, this is the one that that solves the problems from their roots and not just treats the symptoms that the system is going to keep perpetuating. And it feels futile that every drop of ocean I help support to clean up, a thousand more get polluted behind it. Every hungry mouth I feed, a thousand more become fall below the poverty line behind that mouth. We want to take care of everyone and everything on this planet. And this is, in my um, estimation and my experience and the research I've done, trying to be responsible about what I support, this is the one that does all of those things. We have Roxanne Meadows, the co-founder of the Venus Project, staying in our home. She's upstairs sleeping after a long day's party right now. And uh, so she is here participating with us. And um, we're just really excited to bring this film to our human family, to everyone all over the world. And we want to do a big push out on Monday and help make this thing go viral so we can see what the solution looks like. He spent his life working on Tell, showing us what we need to do to make this happen. It's not an overthrow. It's a movement of its own that we create and build and grow and reach a consensus and eventually a tipping point, and we make this the, the new, new way through forward for peace, harmony, and sustainability for our future, for our whole human family. A world worth imagining. So the um, yeah, Dave. She's uh, she's sleeping after a long day, but I wanted to see if you guys wanted to play your 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 song, um, and then we've got a we've got a few other folks um, that are coming on soon, and uh, hope that you can share that with us. We'd love to share with you a day worth imagining, the theme song from the film. We also yeah, <laughs> um, great. Here we go. Wish, but I 
Right on, Kip and Evan. We love you. We love your your work and the, uh, everything that you're, the changes that you're trying to bring about. And um, we encourage everyone to go to souldocumentary.love and watch uh, the new documentary on Monday. And that's um, so it's so great to to have you on the show as always. And thanks for to Cat for being here. And thanks to Gentry and every all of you.
What do we continue? People are coming together. We're on the brink of something amazing. How's that? We're on the brink of something amazing. That is a great way to uh, kind of sum up the Common Thread Collective. We're always on the brink of something amazing here. We never know exactly what it's going to be. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to read a poem and then play a song. And we've got some other guests who are kind of getting themselves organized here. And we're going to have another phone call coming in in just a couple minutes. So speaking of being on the, on the brink, this is something I wrote last night. Like the moon behind the clouds, the truth is illuminated, but undefined. Shrouded, but no less bright, the knowing is in the light. Looking for a shape may be short-sighted, like a fizzled vision of a dream, daring and daunting us to look closer, taunting us as if we can remember, or in this case, see, that I never know what I'm going to encounter or become. When I come around the corner.
Welcome back to the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. We're actually broadcasting live on a Saturday night from 8 to 10. Uh, This podcast will be on MutinyRadio.fm, but actually will be under the podcast archive of Friends of Mutiny, uh, because Saturday nights are special, and it's very special that we get to have this time slot now. So thanks for being with us, everyone. Hey, Dave. Speaking of friends. Speaking of friends. Uh, I'm looking at a man now, Vlad, who goes back way times to some early days of any show. Is that right, Vlad? Uh, yes. Hi, Dave. Hey, good to see you again. Good to see you. And good to see you. Haven't given up, of course. And if you still hold the flag, the red and black flag of poetry up. Oh, yeah. And you have some friends. You have a beautiful new book called Monday. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, yes, uh, hi listeners. So I would like to talk about Monday. It's a journal of poetry, prose, and art. Uh, we just released an issue that was actually slated for release in the fall of 2000, but came out just just a couple months ago in 2019. Oh, it's beautiful. So it has a very interesting history, Dave. Uh, so we first uh, started uh, with the idea of this magazine, of this journal, um, in the uh, uh, back of uh, Covered Wagon Saloon, where we had our poetry reading back in the uh, late 90s in San Francisco here in South of Market District. Uh, a lot of very talented people at the time were on the scene. So, I mean, I can just, I don't want to be a name dropper, but, you know, a lot of people, uh, your listeners might recognize, like Stephen Elliott, for one, or uh, Amy Patton, The Clown Beach, Jane 69. Jane 69. Remember it well. Here you go. So the whole wave. The yes. The whole wave. And this is how it happens when I'm using the waves of poets come in. Myself, of an early wave, 1957. And then we were called Beatniks. And why wave coming, it's like we're on a beach. Imagine yourself on a beach, and these waves and poets are coming in, year after year after year, and year after year, and you can take that metaphor from there if you like. So I read this, it's a beautiful little book. It's bounding bounding together really well. Interesting. Yeah. It's a beautiful little book. And also, let's let's acknowledge um, that, there are, like you said, it's kind of an anthology, right? So um, that we've got 
Tim here. Yes. Yeah, so hey, Tim. We, uh, we, we have Hello. Tim. Are you are you in the book as well? Is this is this mic on? It is. Everything's okay. fine, brother. Yeah, and we also have uh, a friend, uh, Dave, David Kelly, who's on the phone. Hi, David. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the Common Thread Collective. So, so now that we're all in the same room, Vlad, you want to continue? And, and uh, yes. Uh, so I'm very happy to you know have around me our you know sage of old sages, Diamond Dave. You know, we go way back. Of course, I don't go back to the 1950s, but, you know, I, I do know him well from uh, Brainwash uh, readings at the Brainwash uh, laundromat. Um, uh, so, and Sacred Grounds and so forth. So, uh, Tim Donnelly here, he was published uh, in this issue, and he gave us his poem for publication in 1999. Wow. Um, so, and here he is here. And Radiant. he's, he's going to... So, and David Kelly on the line. David Kelly is an uh, uh, amazing uh, visual artist, uh, amazing um, uh, promoter um, of uh, various events uh, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and beyond. And so, David Kelly, he was actually the host of several readings, one at Tip Top Inn in the late 90s, with other, um, uh, uh, other people such as... Uh, uh, such as Bucky Sinister. I don't know if some of your readers may uh, yeah, listeners. Bucky Sinister, yeah. Bucky Sinister. Um, uh, uh, also, Tom Ivelli, you know, he no longer with us. And this issue is actually dedicated in the memory of several people who uh, unfortunately no longer with us. So one of our co-editors, Susan Day, um, uh, Tom Ivelli, then Von Stinky. I don't know if everybody remembers Von Stinky. Susan Berkland. Susan. So, uh, oh, my goodness. She is so good. So she is published. And she died so young. She is published in this issue, uh, and so David Kelly, um, you know, we're very happy to have everybody here tonight talking about this journal. So David, um, so would you yes. share with us a little bit about the history of the journal? Wow. Um, the more I think about it, it's like the way we picked it up is like Tom Ivelli worked at Last Gasp with um, Bucky Sinister and John Longy. And, and Bucky finally gave, you know, gave up the chameleon reading. And several people took it on. Um, Karen Towers. Um, a lot of people uh, took on that little hosting thing there. I did as well. And Tom Ivelli was, was my partner. And... Um, so we took it to, I don't know, do we take it to Tip Top Inn first? And uh, then Tip Top Inn was Wagon? first and then, and then Covered yeah. Wagon. So Tip Top Inn was like way out there, almost to, to Chavez. And um, it's now a check cashing place. But it, it was kind of cool because it had a back room and so we didn't disturb anybody. And Whitey Sims <laughs> at the time was like one of my co-hosts. And... We kind of like pick up the mantle from from Bucky Sinister and just kept on going. We so didn't, we, we, talk, we had that metaphor of waves of poets coming in, waves uh, the, the waves of new blood, new flesh, new words, new new spirits coming in, generation after generation after generation. And what is what again, we like to hear, do here is present this. On Radio Mutiny, we find that common thread, let it flourish, and till it around to be heard around the planet. So that's what we're about. So what I want and to we ask... Were, we, were, we were breaking rules and stepping on toes and doing things that we shouldn't do within poetry, like, you know, 
having naked poets and having people breaking all the rules. All the rules. <laughs> Break all the rules. And, and it seemed to work. And then we Find moved that to natural uh, rule. Of yeah. Love and laughter. Exactly. Love and laughter. Well, I'm going to ask Vlad to read a poem for me. Um, he's got one ready. Vlad, will you read us something? Uh, hey, yes. Vlad, I hope you get well soon, brother. Thanks for being I part will. of this show. And I'm bringing Jane 69 out here. She'll be out here at the end of November, and we'll be doing some readings around town. So. Well, bring her here. This is every, every other Saturday. Call me, connect with me, find me, because I'd love to see Jane 69 again, and I'd love to sit right here on the air with Jane 69 and let her tell us what, what she's been about and how we're all connected and how we can find one another. Jane 69, this is for you. All right, well, let's do it. All right. Okay, okay, dude, let's hear something from you. Okay, so, and I would like to read a poem from this journal that was published back then, well, published uh, actually this year. So, but this is the original uh, uh, Fall 2000 issue. So this poem titled At the Diner. It's kind of dark, but... There is a plate, there is a knife and fork, there is a bottle, and it's uncorked. There is a man, he picks the bottle and pours the blood into his glass. There is a human ear on his plate. He sits and stares at the ear. He feels no guilt nor fear for drinking blood and eating well-prepared human ear. Oh my he says his grace in which he thanks the devil for corrupting human race once and for all. He eats his, he, his ear, he drinks his blood, and then when he's done, he sits alone digesting and contemplating while Almighty man, made the man the way he is. And then the waitress comes and brings his check for human blood and ear, for which she has no guilt nor fear. And when the man is gone, she takes the dirty dishes to the back, where an angel washes them in his own tears. So this is at the diner. Who does that? Wow. It's, it's kind of dark, you know, uh, you know, looking at it, you know, 20 years back. Um. <laughs> did you like that? I did. That's your work. That's, that's my and work. So, and let's give the web address for the for the journal. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, um, it's on issue.com. So it spells as i s s u u dot com slash forward Monday Journal. Wow. So, so and it's it is free. So it's anybody, free. it's free. Anybody can access and just flip it like the regular actual pages. Perfect. Well, that was kind of rushing of you. Oh. And you've got this brother long, do you have your poem? <laughs> I do. I, I wanted to uh, reminisce a little more about the covered wagon. I seem to recall uh, walking through a reggae night to get to the poetry in the back. Nice. Yeah, you're right. It was dub night. <laughs> and then uh, and then after after the covered wagon, we, it, it moved briefly to the Deco Lounge, I think? I think Annie's, right? Annie's Cocktail Lounge. Okay, I recall Annie's, but yeah. there was also a series it of... Was two, it was 222 Hyde Street. Okay. Yeah, and then Adrian St. John, Jane 69, and I hosted that one. At oh the Deco God. Lounge. Literary history and hipstery. Here we be. So There's some great hipstery around. here. <laughs> yeah. History and hipstery. So I'm I'm not in love with the poem that I submitted 20 years ago. I'm going to read something different, if that's oh, all right no. with everyone. Whatever that's quite all right. Okay. Feel free. Uh, 
This is, uh, it was published in the Oakland Review a few years back. This is called Maud to Your Herald. When it's couch season in Berkeley, don't ask me, do I want to go to dinner with the family? In couch season, my winter shell is still clinging in places. The new skin is too tender. The dish ran away with the antacids I'm sure I had in this pocket a minute ago. The dish ran away with the last of the mustard and all the plates are spinning. Our city is shedding its students. One layer, just a layer. And what did you learn in school today, baby? That next year will be leaner, meaner, more expensive, more cheaply made. This was a chair, this was a couch. But someone took the cushions. Someone kicked the frame all to shit. Now it's just big trash. Not beautiful on the curb, but at least not in the house. Couch season, they break open like seed pod. Yeah. Beautiful. Woo-woo. Tim Donnelly, it's great to hear your voice again. Hey, it's <laughs> great to hear yours, David Kelly. Hey. Sorry you're not doing well. Eh, yeah, well. Some sort of kindling, creeping crud. Yeah. But now, but now, now it'll be infused with poetry, and so the you know the energy will revitalize the cells of, of whatever need to be filled. A healing cloud is sent your way. Yay. That's right, the universal light, True. my friend. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, you guys. Keep us in the loop because it's obvious that we do more together, better together than we do on our own, you know? Absolutely. Written word, spoken word. I've been spending on the planet on Midnight Radio. What the fuck? We're doing well. So thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, so, thank you so thank much. You. So are you thank guys going to be taking this journal and doing some other readings and uh, things? Abso- absolutely. So we're yeah. planning to um, to have a release party, uh, hopefully at the Beat Museum in North Beach. Cool. Um, so, uh, and we actually would like to keep it as a living journal. So, I mean, you've mentioned it's being an anthology. I mean, you can look at it this way uh, because it's a kind of poetical history. But we would like to keep it current. So we, we're currently accepting submissions for the next issue for spring uh, 2020. And I promise you won't have to wait another 20 years. It's <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful it's a beautiful journal aesthetically appealing so uh, that's for sure where where should people send their uh, submissions Uh, so uh, if they go to um, uh, where they can see the journal uh, which is uh, isssuuissue.com slash forward monday journal if you open the journal um, so there's all the information there you can email your submissions to mondayjournal at yandex.com uh, or there's a, you know, snail snail mail address, uh, uh, and the address is uh, at the journal. So if you look at it on uh, issue.com, um, uh, the information is there. So very easy to submit. So you, can you say that email address again? Monday Journal at. Uh, it's Monday Journal at yandex.com. How, can you spell the second part? Uh, Yandex is uh, Y A N D E X. Perfect. Um, That's so cool. So, so a forthcoming um, release party. Forthcoming release, some, par- release, to, release party. To be so announced. Hopefully December, January. Okay. Uh, so, and then you know, hopefully more. You know, we are actually uh, 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 we're able to um, 
to access some of the old video recordings of the readings back 20 years ago. Wow, So we cool. hope to incorporate it into the release wow. party. That's uh, going to be exciting, oh no, huh, Tim? I'm not sure what do you I want to see all that <laughs> video. You, you know, um, actually, uh, you know, to me it was, you know, um, very interesting time, you know, just to kind of reconnect with the people, you know, from 20 years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it took me several months to actually, people are everywhere now, you know, some are East Coast, uh, some are in Ohio, Florida, you know, very different places. And it's kind of, you know, sparked uh, my own creativity. I have a lot of new poems and about this, this project too. You know, I, I wish we had more time on the, on the radio so I can well, share some new stuff. We've got a little more time if you'd like to share another poem. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yay. Okay. Well, very good. So, okay, so this, this one, this poem is uh, titled Into the Same River. I'm actually working on a book of poetry with the same working title, Into the Same River. <sighs> one sleepless night when cockroaches seem to be getting no rest and roof rats making noises under my bed. I live with my eyes open. I am rewinding a movie 20 years long. It is a bad Brazilian sitcom. <laughs> a young man and a woman come to a big city ready to try their luck. They're madly in love and they're artists. They're ready to conquer the world. They rent a little studio in the basement of a Victorian in the up-and-coming neighborhood, unpack their meagre possessions and start creating. The young woman paints on large pieces of wood she finds on the street. She can't afford proper canvases. The young man goes to every poetry reading he can find in town. He is riding like an insane conveyor belt at the condom factory that somebody forgot to turn off after hours. <laughs> Those two are madly in love with each other. When not creating art, they simply smoke weed or make love to each other. They stay up late, go out to nightclubs full of action and ecstasy. When the bars close, he is driving her back home in the shopping cart if she can walk. Too much to drink, too high, who cares? The world is theirs. They're laughing out loud. The future is bright. They will never be down on their luck. They will conquer it all. As time goes by, the two lovers meet other crazies like them and together create a poetry magazine. It becomes a snowball of imagination. It will be a beautiful thing, he tells her. She is crying with tears of joy. Finally, soon, we'll be ready to publish. Yes, my baby, yes, he tells her, and making love to her again for seventh time in a day. But the next day, the entropy knocks on the door. This time, her name is Joe, the landlord. He needs his rent money. He is not happy of the weed smell and loud parties. He has a crying baby, and his wife doesn't like poetry. But empty bank account and threat of eviction will not deter young artists. They have a getaway plan. The woman becomes a masseuse at the red light massage parlor. The man drives her there and picks her up after the shift ends. Soon he is sensing her skin smells of sex with late night customers. Her drugs change, she becomes more sophisticated in that sense. He feels himself cheated then jealous. He is causing scenes, the paradise lost. The woman shows him the door. Get a job, loser. This is how season one ends in this soap opera. In season two, more actors are still the same. Several more enter the scene. An old lady with the sigh, the most prominent one. But she spared them this time. The lovers struggle and the haters prosper. Our little poet lives in the trailer on the skid row. 
collecting scrap metal and cans for fun. The woman loses her mind, now she is pushing a shopping cart herself, with all her belongings in it, down a dirty back alley full of excrement. There is nobody to give her a hand. Life is tough, and in the end, no matter how successful we are, we're fucked. This is how season two ends. I put the tape on pause. There is 18 more seasons to watch. But I know how they will all end. There are no surprises. In the end, the two lovers are thousands miles away from each other, both crushed under the suburban skies. I get up from bed, I go to the garage, I find an old and dusty suitcase. It was already thrift-stored old back in the day, now it's ancient. Like the memories, they are locked inside. I open it under the dim light. The snowball is still there. It is full of imagination. It hasn't melted. I'm stunned. I go upstairs and find a forgotten number. In the weather it beat up notebook. I know what to do. I will be working miracles. I will enter the same river twice. I am taking no prisoners. I will take no for take no for an answer. I got myself all worked up. My pubic oxygeous muscle hard and ready for actions. I'm in Terminator on steroids. I'm in Viagra poster child. Bend over pretty baby muse. I will make you scream and moan with insane pleasure. This time I will be delivering. You're gonna climax and climax again. This will be the most awesome poetry magazine. I have ever laid my little sexy hands on. You're gonna cream all over and so on. I keep pumping myself for action. It's been 20 years. Time to get it done. I steady my hand and start dialing the numbers. The woman picks up. The voice on the other end has not changed a bit. The water feels warm. And I don't care if it is not the same river. It's been a long time coming. So, into the same river. <laughs> wow. Into the same river. That's a lot of history. And is it to be continued, eh? To be continued. To be continued. Hey, that's the word for you guys. And for us, we can just move on to the next, the next facet of the show. Is hey, man, so good to see you. Glad you thought of us. To be continued. Uh, yeah. th- thank Diamond you so Dave, much. Val, thanks so much for having us on. Thank we you so it. much. Thank you both. Thank and you. I, I look forward to seeing the Monday Journal uh, roll out and expand and um, get all the uh, cool, you know, new energy that it, that it deserves and uh, that it ke- finally came out of the dark 19 years later. New generations. And, and, and you're all invited to our release party whenever we know when, when it is, so you're invited. Oh, Very cool. No. Well, stay, you know, stay in touch with us. Let us know, you know, in the meantime, I don't know if you guys ever go over to Sacred Grounds on Wednesday evenings. It's a in the Panhandle. It's kind of a schlep from Berkeley, but I ah, do you're in get the east. Out there Got sometimes. it. Got it. Well, that's always kind of a cool place, you know. I can tell you my favorite open mic. What do you like? Is um, uh, Saturday night special at Nick's Lounge on Adeline. Uh, is the last Saturday of every month. Nice. Well, we're so we're so fortunate to be in the Bay Area where there's so much creativity, and I mean, you know, you throw you can't throw us what's what's the expression? You can't throw a stone and not hit it. Hit a, an, a poetry open mic, uh, even though it's a crazy expensive Bay Area. There's still writers and artists and people who are hanging on and have made their lives here and. Uh, 
we're still here. We are still here. Finally, find one and another. still being creative and being inspired. Finding one another and finding that common thread. So thanks, folks. Th- thank you. Let's put it in. Well, let me play a little music. Thanks, you guys. Uh, The Monday Journal. I love it. Issu.com. That's I-S-S-U-U.com slash Monday Journal. Um, Check it out. And you, like they said, you're welcome to submit as well, because now it is a a living, breathing thing. Well, maybe not breathing, but it's a living thing. Um, But you can breathe some inspiration into it and keep the Monday Journal going any day of the week. Thank you, Tim. You're right. Poetry is always breathing here's a little music uh from our friend Courage, and this is off his album uh Courage lost coast oil and water um you know as we tackle the realities of uh what our environment is calling us to do um his his music is very very thoughtful um and it's beautiful as well so i'm going to play his song called headlands Buffalo Dreams.
to mutinyradio.fm. I'm Global Val. I'm here with Diamond Dave and a bunch of our friends. Uh, we are the Common Thread Collective. And guess what? So are you. Uh, this podcast will be on mutinyradio.fm under the Friends of Mutiny for November 9th, 2019. Very exciting times. Today, it was just announced that Chase Boudin is the next San Francisco district attorney. Pretty, pretty radically exciting indeed. Um, you know, that's, that is absolutely not a dig against uh, Susie Loftus, who is, you know, obviously eminently qualified public servant. However, their visions for justice uh diverge in many ways and uh chase is a public defender um and now he's walking across the street to be the the da which is the other side of the table the other side of the coin um but going to be focusing on much different things than past da's have and uh in the sense of you know prosecutors have a lot of power um to decide you know what what kind of charges people receive what kind of sentences they're asking for um whether or not they're you know going to be um, asking to detain people and and not release them before their trials and if they want to demand bail like prosecutors in the legal process have so much power, which is often unchecked, um, except for some badass defense attorneys who get in there. But, um, so Chesa is, is going from being a, 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 a defender, a public defender, um, someone who grew up with his parents incarcerated, someone who grew up in the system, uh, definitely privileged. And he acknowledges that, but at the same time, understanding that the, the, the way that, uh, we treat people in this country the way that prisons are uh, set up to just dehumanize everyone who walks in, whether or not you're a prisoner, or if you're visiting someone, if you're in his case, he was always a child visiting someone. Um, he really has a deep perspective of the problems with 
the carceral system with criminal law. Um, and so, you know, he's somebody who's willing to go after and prosecute, for example, police who kill people, um, you know, across this country, police will, 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 you know, walk through their days with impunity. Um, they might, you know, cause great bodily injury to someone and still keep their jobs. So Chesa really <laughs> is bringing a very fresh new look at what uh, a prosecutor could do um, because it's been a tragedy after tragedy um, where you know law enforcement is can, is allowed to continue to abuse their authority uh, sometimes to the you know well all, you know to the detriment of, of community but it takes people's lives um, and they're not held accountable as if you know the shoe is on the other foot and so i really want to congratulate chesa boudin uh and everyone who is behind him and has been uh, you know working towards uh justice reform so that we can actually find some balance in this country um sorry we got a little distraction over here that's okay um let's see joan are you, are, are you okay? Yeah? Okay. So Joan Rivard is back. Um, PeaceDrums.org is her website with a lot of her amazing writing where she interacts with the the youth, the wanderers, the vagabonds, the, the young folks who show up on Hate Street because that's something to do, you know, and, and, um, and so many, you know, beautiful souls show up in the city, um, to come and be part of this legacy, this, the spirit of the Haight-Ashbury, which I know Dave was there in the early days of when it was turning over and becoming, you know, before the word hippie was actually invented and then it came through, but that's, you know, that community spirit. Um, so Joan Rivard, uh, thanks for being back and bringing some of some things to read from uh, peace drums yes uh, actually this is specifically about those kids i guess there's coffee here too my manuscripts getting all wet yeah. uh, that's okay it's it's seen worse um in fact i carry this manuscript around with me on hate street and read it to the kids it's really amazing and, and some of them i've given them some copies this is a big book it's almost 400 pages long and they're carrying it around with them in their backpacks. It's, it's very heavy. It's, it's just a regular typing paper now. I haven't uh, had a printing of it yet. So anyway, this story is about uh, train hoppers and gutter punks. You might like that one. The San Francisco summer, September and October, is past. Many nomads like to be here, I call them nomads, like to be here during that time in a kind of family reunion. For most of the rest of the year, an arctic wind blows through the park. When rains come, many travel to dry locations. Like one of them said, why let the birds be smarter than you? Now they were going off in different directions, making promises to meet again in a few months. To my surprise, many of them were not going to warmer climates, but were attempting to travel to freezing cold New York and, uh, to attend a Grateful Dead show. This was a couple years ago. It was November 12th. They said they were going on tour, quote unquote, 
which meant that they planned to travel all around the country, illegally hitchhiking and train hopping to go to all the band's shows. Many of them don't even attend the shows when they get there. Since they can't afford the tickets, they just hang out on the parking lots around the shows where they can see their friends and still hear the music. I think that's how their nomadic way of life began originally. Jesus taught humility, but these people take it to a whole new level. They call themselves gutter punks, gutters, crusties, dirty kids, scum fucks, and road dogs. Can I say that? (laughs) Those who go on tour call themselves tour sluts. By the way, and I I get religious, like, you know, hey, get used to it. I talk about religion and politics. I try not to do it at family gatherings, but (laughs) this is a radio station. I do it on Hate Street all the time. They got to sew my mouth shut to make me stop. So, oh, sorry about that image. Um, Okay. By the way, these names are not, and it's not the religion people are used to. I'm saying people are cool. They're already good. It's not about guilt, shame, none of that. It's it's about the golden rule, and everybody's nice, and we can all be happy. And that's exactly what Jesus taught when you take away everything else, everyone else added to what Jesus taught. By the way, these names, all these names, crusties, gutter kids, and so on, These names are not a reference to any lack of morality. I've found these people to be as careful about what they do and what they believe in as other people. They apply the golden rule test when making decisions. Those who still have cars are called rubber tramps, and those who ride trains are called train hoppers. I worried about the safety and comfort of those who would be riding trains with no bottom, with just which must expose them to incredible wind chill factors in rain or snow. They would have no refuge or safety except in each other, often not knowing where they would sleep or what they would eat. In many unfamiliar places, they could lose everything at any time, including their dogs. Most of these children grew up in foster homes, but some came from comfortable middle-class backgrounds, never expecting or imagining anything like this. When they were born, there were still jobs. Some apartments were still priced so normal people could afford them, and you could hope to go to college without a lifetime of debt. Through no fault of their own, all that has changed. Some of these are children whose parents treasured and pampered them, fed fed them healthy food, bought them the latest styles, had great hopes for them. Now many of the parents are living in their cars. For all their hardships, I've rarely heard the kids complain. They seem to take pride in how tough they are, in having declared their independence from the rat race. Liberty is their great treasure, even when they lose everything. They hold their heads up high because they still have that. Wow. Wow. Big That's nice. <laughs> I have one other that could kind of complement it, if you have time. Yes, we do. Generation X, page four. Um, this book is going to be published very soon, and two of my other books also. I'm, I'm doing them all at once uh, on Amazon. But I'll announce it when that happens. And, of course. Oh, wow. Okay, so so coming soon. Yes. Coming soon. This is exciting. Uh, Peace Drums, Jesus Was a Hippie is this one. Okay. And then the, another one is Peace Drums, um, True Stories of Alaska from the Black and Silver Cabin, which is where I lived in Alaska in the 70s. 
and a lot of other people lived in the woods near the University of Alaska, and it's their story. And uh, my third one, which is also ready, is completely different. It's called The Liberal's Bible Guide. And it's 480 pages of Elizabethan scripture from the King James Bible rearranged so that you can see real easily exactly who added what and why and who said what. And, and you don't even have to read the book. Just the table of contents tells you exactly what, all the information That's in the titles. It's a very interesting guy to see who, what was added later. Very important. I'm glad you're doing that. Well, why don't you read us a couple of things and okay. be way. It's so good to see you. Yes, I, this poem, I read it to some of the street kids, and one of them said, you're describing my life. And then another one, when he ran into his friend, he said, you, you want to read this poem? It's the best poem I ever read. It made me cry, and they both cried when I read it. People cry when I read this poem. I'm not kidding you. Wow. And a lot of other ones, too. Okay, this is called Generation X, which doesn't refer to only Generation X. It's just, you know, a catchword for all the generations they've done this to. <clears throat> like plants pushing through cracks in the sidewalk, they have grown. So strong that hopeful dreams still stir within them like great seeds. They came from broken homes and broken dreams and a sick nation that had also lost its way. They called them Generation X, or Y, or Cyber Geeks, and mooks and midriffs, iGens, and used tricks to sell them lies. They made them clothes of black covered with skulls that made people afraid, or baggy pants which gang members allegedly employ to hide big guns. These kids have been exposed to TV brainwashings totalitarians made to twist their minds to give up hope and think that other people are no good. They saw dead things on every channel all their lives since they could talk, in twisted, sneering cartoon characters designed to make them hate or fear. They ate fake foods with dyes and chemicals that made them sick. They played with video games that could be used to teach them how to kill. When they were born, they got an artificial substitute for mother's milk and hugged stuffed animals instead of moms at their three jobs. They didn't have advantages like those a generation past. Their college dreams vanished because economists made shady deals. They couldn't see the world by hitchhiking the way others had done because it had been made into a crime. The small apartment that they craved was out of reach, a thousand bucks for each small room. A job no longer paid a living wage. Three were required to survive. You could get jailed for downloading a song or a thousand other phony crimes. Libraries closed and jobs went overseas and insurance made driving out of reach. The icebergs melted and the media brainwashing became more lurid every day. Despite all that, these young people play peace drums in their tiny rented rooms as quietly as they are able so neighbors won't call landlords or cops. Christ's dream of peace still stirs in them, though most don't call it that. Respect for all the world, not lies and greed, is what they want. That spark of hope on each bright face, the brotherly love that Jesus preached, could be what's needed to ignite again the torch of liberty. All right, yeah. No doubt about ignite it. Ignite again the torch of liberty. That's right. Joan Rivard. We got to ignite it again. We need something to ignite it again. 
you know, talking about throwing it all away and starting a whole new country and changing everything. Every time you do that, a bunch of bullies march in and take over. Haven't we noticed that? You know, we've got the Bill of Rights. We have got a good constitution. It has been jacked up. It has been raped. It has been messed with. But man, you know, it started out, you know, that Jefferson, and I don't know about Madison, I guess him too, but I know Jefferson, he read 300 Bibles, I think, no, 300 Constitution, and he wrote another Bible, just the way, similarly to what I did. He pulled out the things it says Jesus actually said. He put it all in one little book. You know, this is where his heart was. And I want to speak up for Jefferson. You know, he loved that slave that he had all those children with, Sally Hemings. And I found out something most people have no idea of, and I didn't know this. Sally Heming was his wife's half-sister. She came from uh, his wife, she, he, she, her family was given to his wife when his wife got married to him, and he loved his wife. He was madly in love with his young wife, who died very early, you know, when she was in her twenties, and he never got over it. And she made him a promise something, which I think I disagree with. You know, she made him promise that he would never marry again. And so here he was, you know, legally he could have his slave as his helper, uh-huh. his, his companion. He could fall in love with his slave. And, but on top of that, she probably looked a lot like his wife who just died, who he adored, you know. And so people judge him for this, you know, and they say, oh, well, he had slaves. You know, you ever try to get rid of slaves in those days when you're trying to pass the Bill of Rights and the Constitution? They would have never agreed. There's no way the country would have been united if he had tried to. He did try to do that. He tried it. And, uh, you know, I don't like it that his face is on the $2 bill and Jackson, who slaughtered lots of Native Americans, is on the $20 bill. I think they should switch them. I really do. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's sort of. I was enigma, I was given a lucky little two dollar bill the other day. We have a good country. We, For we, our country's really messed up, but it it had a good foundation. We need to find that again. That and I think be, we're moving in the right direction. Right. I I know that there's a a lot of undercurrent right now that is. Uh, yeah, it is moving, Dave. women get elected to Congress. Something's something's happening here, and you don't know what it is, do you, Mr. Jones? It's that kind of situation. (laughs) But thanks a lot for coming. Let's bring in Rob. He's been sitting there with his guitar. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. Joan Rivard, peacedrums.org. Yes, my website. I'm going to fix it soon, too. It's been the same for months. And as we transition uh, with our guests, I'm going to play a little song so we can so we can keep things going. So I was just talking about we're talking about the wave of change. We're talking about the undercurrent uh, becoming a bigger wave um, with uh, Chase Chase Boudin winning for district attorney of San Francisco, who was endorsed by Bernie Sanders just a couple of weeks ago, um, and has garnered support across the country because it really is a move for reform. But of course, right here in San Francisco. Uh, you know, the police officers association was, um, spent 
$650,000 on a t specifically on attack ads against Chase because he's the only one who would say that he was, he would prosecute killer cops. And you know what, uh, you know, law enforcement's enjoyed impunity for a very long time. And so all of these horrible ads were, were put out there. Ridiculous. The POA never has a good word to say about anyone until it's one of their own. And then it's like they describe their officers as saints. Um, so, you know, it's very, you know, off balance um, approach. And then at the election night party uh, for Chase Boudin, Sandra Lee Fewer, who's one of our supervisors, got up there and she, she said, fuck the POA. And then people started chanting it. And then, of course, she, you know, got reamed in the media for doing it because she's an elected official and, you know, decorum, blah, blah, blah. And so the POA wrote this letter to her, like demanding an apology for her, you know, hateful things that she said about them. And, um, I, I just, I just want to say that, um, to me, it, it's kind of, to, to, to me, it's just that, you know, they're bitter because, you know, they spent a lot of money on, on their, uh, to get their hate. And Sandra Lee Fewer, um, remembered that her speech is free. So I want to play a little song for the POA.
Thank you for indulging me in, in that one, uh, Karma Police. Anyhow, um, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective. It is 941. We have a couple more folks who are here tonight before we wrap up in about 20 minutes. Uh, we've got our friend Rob here who's got his ukulele and I'm sure some sort of um, whimsical uh, screed in, that comes across in a cheerful and poetic way. Uh, way <laughs> and then I don't know if if rain's gonna come back in and do a poem I think she might be a little otherwise occupied but is certainly welcome to do so after Rob's song and I know that uh, James Ellis is here as well so um, thanks everybody for being with us this fine evening hello 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 Val uh, yeah I think I'm gonna I'm gonna channel something a little more uh, Woody Guthrie uh, a little more classic Americana folk. This is called The Smiling Blues. <laughs> Daddy choked me in the crib So I pissed in his eye Mama grabbed me up Bye-bye, Daddy, bye-bye Walked past my grave Gave a wave And I'm still smiling Mama tried but couldn't feed us She sold me to Father Cletus A naked priest on my back Sacrificial knife A heart attack Walked past my grave Gave a wave, and I'm still smiling. At 15, I found my one and only. Nevermore would we be lonely. Her mom made me a poison pie. My love ate first, true love, bye-bye. Walked past my grave, gave a wave, and I'm still smiling. The hangman's noose, my heinous crime. Wrong place, wrong time. Lightning hit that hanging tree. We flew away, my horse and me. The call of duty came for me. They sent me far across the sea. Nineteen bullets tore me apart. Nineteen bullets missed my heart. A spurned lover hit my head Walked away and left me for dead As the room filled with gas A burglar shattered the window glass Walked past my grave Gave a wave and I'm still smiling A jealous lover filled with rage Killed a man with my looks and age I strolled away and wandered on I walked in here to sing this song Look at your grave Give a wave and keep on smiling All my life I've wandered on We walk that same path on and on and on You can cry, you can laugh we walk that same path Here comes your grave Give a wave And keep on smiling
Hey, Rob. That was, that was kind of a deep one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty as charged for depth. Um, thank you. Thanks. And thanks for being so, you know, our kind of one of our, 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 our constants here in the Common Thread Collective. I, I know you're dedicated to your, to your uh, music and your poetry and your essays and all of your, your creative work. And um, I'm glad that, that you're a part of the Common Thread and uh, that we can be here for you at yes. Mutiny Radio. Yes, yes. Beautiful. It's my, this is my, my, my favorite little gig, absolutely. <laughs> hey, hey. You hear that, folks? <laughs> it's favorite little gig. I'm going to do a little sound bite of that um, <laughs> in all my free time when I get to audio edit, which is never. Um, but that's great. Thank, thanks, Rob. Um, so that, this might be a good time to, to let people know when our next show is going to be. And to yeah. do that, I'm going to look at the calendar. It looks like... That'll be the second Saturday of December, which is uh, December 14th. So that's the plan for now. In the meantime, we might announce other shows in between. I know that next weekend um, is the 16th, and that is E.K. Keith's Open Pages right here in this time slot from Saturday 8 to 10. She'll always have uh, some featured uh, poets and then uh, so poetry open mic for that so um it, there's lots of opportunities to to come down whoever's out there listening to be a part of mutiny radio and i think rain might have a f- couple minutes uh while while the little one sleeps to sneak in and read us a poem and then uh then we'll have james come in in a couple minutes <sighs> we've got we've got about uh well, 10, 12, 13 more minutes of the show. Hi, Rain. Hi. What a, what a sight for sore eyes here <laughs> back at Mutiny Radio. Oh, my goodness. It brings back such fond memories. Um, there are two poems that I really want to share. Um, I've written a lot in the last few years since I've been gone, but um, this is one of, this one I wrote, the first one I wrote, that I'm going to share. Sorry, I'm kind of tired, like my little one on the floor. (laughs) Um, I wrote very recently, um, yeah, um, after spending so much of my life in the wilderness and so much of my life underneath um, city lights, uh, I feel this really deep conflict, um, conflicting desire when I'm in the city for the starlight and the simplicity and what I feel is like a wilderness child as the safety of the deep dark. Um, I don't see it as something to fear and to hide from, but I do know like the fears that dwell in the city and um, they're very real, brutal nature. But um, this poem is kind of my cry for um, a, a revamp on climate, the climate justice schema, and um, my desire for starlight and the, the natural mystery that um, really brings out the awe of this world. So, help me turn off the lights. 
and be free of the darkness. Free of conceit, reigning supremely heartless. Help me unplug from the drug that eats away wilderness and toxifies to supply heat that consumes like tumors. Help me turn off the lights and be free of the darkness, free of blinding, confounding bombardments that rain torment, king of wastelands, militant might, comfortably brutal enslavement, human, adult, child, whole family and bind, then machines that need not the niche that they destroy, as do I. Help me turn off the lights and be free of the darkness, claiming itself light when it's toxic, nefarious. Help me to speak with ecological clarity, this busyness as usual, unusually swelling fake financial complexities. Whose profits race to make bank before supplies are extinct? It's a prison for profit, cell block subdivided, maintained, while oiled and greased by the blood of the slain. Our soldiers, our psychos, our beautiful brown kin, our sisters, our daughters, our mothers, babes, our fathers, our lost sadness, like low tides return, for the slaughter is nature, is the path of their road. Our four-leggeds and six, eight and feathered too, our sensitivity in sharing all this endangered by so few. With wits as slick and greasy as the black gold bubbles up, as tactful and stuck as the tarmac speeds us all up, past time to think of consequence for activities sold as to enhance, past time for truth to turn us back to slower times and a deeper track, past time to turn away from lesser evils, that allow sacred waters and spaces to be polluted. Past time to find all the missing, amassing our network to investigating each other and life and our harmony with curiosity and respect echo me. Past time, turn off the lights and be free of the darkness that enslaves community to mine our energy and grow our nourishment, set free our co-creative. Past time to turn off the lights and be free of the darkness, projecting lies from forked tongues that end lives easily as missiles and bombs. Past time to turn off the lights and be free of the darkness that leads by disguises overshadowing wisdom and entraps innocence in cancerous effect. Help me turn off the lights and be free of the darkness, free to see darkness as a great cosmic alignment, holding all brilliance of challenge and patience that blaze sun-dancing days into star family wisdom that teaches awe 
and navigation, holding the whole universe in my dream language, free of the darkness, breaking my trust in night vision insight, free of the darkness that shuns me to speak so that others can reflect how they stand by my speech. Yeah, rain. Mm. Thank you for bringing some calm uh, spirit of the wilderness into this really wild city. <laughs> we need it. We need it. I, I, you know, I grew up a city girl, and I remember camping once when I was like seven for the first time, and I c had a great time during the day, and then at nighttime, I like couldn't sleep. I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, the bears are coming, the snakes are here. Like, I really seriously had like nightmares on that as a kid. Yeah. I, I've grown out of that, but you know, now I. I enjoy my time out of the city so much you know like my eyes change color like i'm just like i would totally like i can be out of the city um so thank you for bringing a sense of that here i think i, I just is you know i i personally really needed that so thank you thank you rain you're welcome can i read one more yeah you have another one and then james can come in too um and then we've got just about five more minutes of the show woke up at two in the morning and wrote this poem. I love your walk into the dark places. The light you stir there is real. You see ghost dancers in bright eyes where others lost hands to reach. There is a spring pulsing sweet clarity opening beneath. Soft steps, still learning, not afraid to teach. Pull the roots up, paint their mud upon this medicina body. Red stone and wood carry these prayers toward the heart of all things. Rest on the altar, full of power, shield of sunlight, rest inside listening strength by the roadside pulling up tracks like thorns from hooved feet rose water washing wounds still healing when this world turns around lay the lichen down for her blood to seep raise the arbor Dance for the martyr that kept life of the fire to open these seeds. In beauty walking, with beauty singing, for beauty bringing this nourishing that all spirits may eat. No thing is gone. It's all around. In dark find light, sight realize. When eyes made blind in maze of time, stillness realign the great heart mind, open our wings and fly. Yeah. Thank you, Rain. I'm so happy. Thank you. Just thank you. I'm so grateful for you being here and for 
you and your essence and your spirit and everything that you bring within your work too. And, uh, I'm and glad you're here for Diamond Dave's birthday week, week, too. weekend. I don't know how long you're going to be here, but, uh, it's a good time to remind people that on Tuesday evening, that is November 12th, there is going to be Diamond Dave's official 82nd birthday party at Adobe Bookstore on 24th Street from 5 to 7 p.m. In true Diamond Dave birthday party tradition, um, come on out, open mic, you know, community, um, and 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 uh, come come wish Dave punk as fuck at 82. Um, <laughs> you, you, you. Well, uh, thank you for holding this space for this community and all the people that listen in from around the country and outside i'm sure it's always a, like a thrill and a treasure to listen to who calls in and who's here to share what they're working on and where their passion lies absolutely absolutely and you do radio too you still doing outer limits radio i have still been hosting a hundred thousand poets for change every saturday every september um and i hope to be able to create some more radio shows for the outer limits but i have been more of a mother in the past few years yeah i know good job mama thank you and last but not least we got James Ellis. How you doing, James? You can use that one mic right in front of you. How you doing, Global Val? Doing well. Thank doing you. Doing well. Thanks. Happy birthday, Diamond Dave. Yeah, thank you. I make it. I got a couple more days. Yeah. Got something that you wanted to uh, contribute this evening, James? Be happy to. Go for it. We're forever looking at the the content of. What do you want to call it? Perception. The content of attention. What do you want to call it? These are just words. And the word is not the thing it describes. We're forever looking at the content. A bunch of thought. Yeah? And we look not at that which is present for the content. You know, it's been said, in the absence of all that is not love, Love is. Mm. Should we look at what is? What do you want to call it? Presence. Tasteless, colorless, odorless, silent, really. So it is subtle. Presence. It can't be fractured, cut up. So it has integrity. Mm. Presence. You can't sell five pounds of it. It has no market. So it cannot be bought. What else? Everyone has one. So no one goes without. So it is abundance. It's all we know as knowing. So it's omniscient. 